Hello, hello, beautiful people. I think we have one of the most energetic guests I've ever met on this show tonight. And I really hope that, (laughs) well, I know you'll be able to feel it through the microphone, through the device you're listening on. What a beautiful, beautiful spirit and person. As you get to know her, I think you'll see why. I never met her before recording the show, but I had a blast listening to her and she got me so energized. Her name is Veronica and she is from Canada, which she might mention to you along the way. And I just think that there's so much value in what she has to share. So enjoy. Hello, Veronica. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. If you can kick us off and... Tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? All that good stuff. Well, first off, thanks so much for having me. I live in beautiful, ferny British Columbia, Canada. I am surrounded by large mountains. They're all covered in snow right now. It's a bit snowy, a bit cold here. Winter is winter here. We have all four seasons and have them to the extreme. It's beautiful and I love it. Live in a small community, which is just, I grew up here. And I've moved away for school a couple times, but always came back. Love it. It's the best place on earth. If you haven't been, you should visit. There's my plug for Fernie. My plug for me, I'm a certified life coach. I do mindset coaching and I work with individuals to help them no matter what circumstance you're in. I believe that everybody has the opportunity to thrive and deserves to thrive in all life situations, no matter what hand you're dealt, no matter what hand you have created for yourself. Everybody deserves to thrive and everybody has the ability to reach a life of thriving. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. And as someone who has spent a lot of time getting coached this last year and meeting a lot of coaches, I really enjoy it. And I can see my own development and see how I'm thriving through learning and and different techniques, of course. And I'm wondering if you can share, I don't know, let's Let's think about maybe three things you can give the audience where that might help them start thriving or, or thinking a little different. Because everybody, the more interviews I do, the more I learn, like people have different techniques and stuff. And, and maybe it's not three, maybe it's one, whatever you think, what, mm-hmm. what's a good maybe gift you can give them to help them start moving in that direction? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I'll do what I can for you. I'll give you, I, I tend to give, uh, I tend to overshare. So cut me off if you need to, but because I'm so passionate about this. I lived a life where I was not driving. I was simply surviving. I was treading water and life was happening at rapid, you know, speed to me and things were going on and tragedies and all kinds of stuff. And I was just like keeping my head above water, surviving. And so in my own process, these are things that I have implemented that I have actually lived out. That is one thing about me as a coach, I feel like, and as you said, you've you've learned so much in this last year and and benefited. And and so for me, I have the privilege. I love that I get to help people and show them that I've actually done it. And so it's a proven system. It is proven that like, this is not going to fail you. Because I think that that stunts a lot of people. There's a fear in, okay, well, what if it doesn't happen? What if I try and I don't succeed? And that's tip number one. I have a philosophy. As long as you are moving, as long as you are trying, you will not fail. I love that. 
That's a huge promise. And a lot of people go, wait a second, what? But think about it. When you were a baby, right? When you were learning to walk, you got up, you took a step, maybe two, and then you fell down. And your parents did not say to you, what is your problem? Why did you fall down? You, uh, you failed at walking. No, they picked you back up and they said, try again. Right. And eventually, and you did that and you, pick, you got up and then you took four steps or you took three steps and then you fell down and then they picked you back up. And it is this continual process. But somehow as, an, as adults, we have, we've somehow lost that ability or that understanding that falling down somehow now equates to failure. I tried it. It didn't work. I'm out. That's not the case. And as long as you continue to try, as long as you are making moves, I, again, I'm surrounded by mountains. So I have this mountain analogy, right? You don't just decide I'm going to climb a mountain and then you start climbing and you like reach the top immediately. You're going to fall. You have to train, right? You don't just decide I'm going to be a hiker and I'm going to climb 14,000 foot mountains and then you do it. You have to train. You have to practice. You have to put exercise into place in order to actually achieve that. Uh, and so your passion is like coming right through the screen. I love it. <laughs> I told you this is this to me. And this is why I went into because there's so many niche, niches, niches. I don't know what the word niche, niche. There's so many ways, ways that I could, that I could be a coach. But for me, you have to get your mindset right. If you don't change and tweak the way that you're perceiving and thinking about yourself and your ability to succeed, your ability to thrive, you're not going to reach it. Because then the next time a stumbling block happens, which it will, you're going to fall and you're not going to have the motivation to get back up. Because all of the messaging you're going to tell yourself of, I'm a failure, I'm not good enough, I suck, right? Like, I'm never going to succeed. You're going to feed yourself all of these inf- this information unless you train yourself that my initial, as soon as I fall down, I'm going to get back up. I think that, so I, I'm, I'm sitting here and as you're talking about the getting back up and and not beating yourself up, what the topic that comes to mind in in kind of our world is relapse or going back out, right? We get some clean time, something stressful happens, and we go back out. And then we beat ourselves up. And then because we beat ourselves up, we go back out again because we don't want to deal with the shame and the... So it becomes this cycle. And I think what I'm hearing from you, and maybe it's because it's kind of aligned with my views on things... Uh is you have to build the muscle. So even if you did go back out, you can you can at least see the glimmer of light that it was a stepping stone on the way up the mountain or a stepping stone. And if you go back out, the voices can say, here's some grace. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm doing it with cigarettes right now. I'm back and forth and back and forth and back right. and forth. And it's like, I want to beat myself up because I feel accountable to my audience, right? Like, yeah. like going back to smoking. Yeah, But smoking in my mind is some sort of grace 
because I, I'm not drinking, I'm not gambling, I'm not all the things, right? right. Kind right. of like my, well, I can't give up everything. <laughs> so, but I'm sorry, I went down the road. So where no, you were going yeah. with the relapse piece and the voices in the head and stuff. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Like what, what would you tell someone who went out, you know, let's say they had a week, a month, a year, it doesn't really matter. We go back out and we bet again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right. just part of our stories as a general rule. So what would you tell someone in that case? So that actually leads to my second thought for you. You wanted some, you wanted three tips. So I'm, I'm, we're working our way there. So the second step for me is have a vision, right? For you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you want to quit smoking. And right. so that is the goal, right? Now, picture yourself, that is your road trip, right? You're going on a road trip. The end result, we quit smoking, right? Now, Picture an actual, I know we're in pandemics and nobody's going on road trips, but remember the days when you did go on a road trip? Picture, you, you're going on a road trip, you've planned this, you've booked the hotel, you've booked the dinner you're going to go to or the show you're going to go see or whatever, right? You're on the road and there's construction. You don't turn around and go home. You find the detour. You pull up the Google map or remember paper maps? Right? You pull up the map and you figure out what's the detour because you have a goal. You have, you know where you're going. You know what the destination is and what's going to happen there. And you want it and you choose. Okay. So I'm not going to take the straight and narrow path that I, that normal, that whatever normal is. Normal isn't a thing, but like that, you know, that maybe my map told me this is the way there are other ways. I have this, this uh, new kind of phrase that I use. It's not, I can't do something. It's how can I do something? Oh, beautiful. Right? Something I didn't tell you about myself is I have a physical disability and I have a power chair that I use 80% of my life. I can walk short distances. And when I was 24, I think, I ended up getting this power chair and I did it not because I need it, but because it actually allows me quality of life because I can do more of the things that I want to do and get closer to my destination of what I see as thriving with the chair. And so I do. And so again, surrounded by mountains, all my friends are athletic outdoor junkies and hiking and biking and skiing and snowboarding and all kinds of things. Not this girl. I can't do any of that because I can't walk farther than two blocks without being in excruciating pain. Wow. So I grew up and I grew up here and I love it here. And, but that was the hardest part for me was all my friends were going out and doing these athletic things and spending time together. And I love people. I just want to spend time with people. I don't even care what we're doing, but I want to be, I want to connect with people. And so for me, I actually got the chair so that I could join my friends in playing Frolf. And I don't know, do you know what Frolf is? No. Get this. So I live in Canada. We're, I, I, and I'm not, I don't know if it's in the States. Frolf is Frisbee Golf. We might have just shortened the name because we're quirky like that. So picture the like principles of golf, but instead of hitting a golf ball, you're throwing a Frisbee. So you're throwing the Frisbee and you're hitting it you're throwing it into baskets that are laid out on this course 
Okay. Right? Yep. Not the point of the story. But I can throw the Frisbee. I just can't stand and walk around to play 18 holes of Frisbee golf. Right. So I got the chair to do it. And prior to that, it was, well, I can't do that, right? People would invite me out. Oh, I can't do that. Now it's, I had to come to a place where it was not, I can't do that. Not, I can't have a smoke or I can't go without drinking. Whatever your vice is, it's how, how do I make a step closer to my goal, to what I want to end up, where I want to end up? How do I do it? Not, you take can't out. I don't say can't in, in my vocabulary anymore. If I want to be able to do something, I'm going to figure out the way. It may look unconventional, but it's going to work. And another example of that, quickly, I went for a walk, a walk in quotations <laughs> with my girlfriend and we went up, we were going for a walk through the dog park. It's paved. So my chair works perfectly on it. And we get to the road back to the road and across the road there is a path a bike path that goes up a like 45 degree angle mountain like we got mountains here and so i said so she said okay where are we going next thinking left or right up the road and i said what's up the trail like what's up there i knew it was a bike trail but i've never actually been up there and she was like well I, it's a big it's a steep bumpy rocky bike trail. I don't know that you can do it. And I said, well, let's try. Because even if we try and, and it, it doesn't work out and the path gets too skinny or bumpy or whatever, then we turn around and we go back and I tried something that I've never tried before. Makes sense. But if me. I don't, I'll never know that I actually could do that trail and did do that trail got to the peak or to this plateau on the mountain where I got to actually look out at my city that I've grown up in that I've spent almost the last 35 years in and I got to see a view of that that I've never seen before wow did I make it to the top of the mountain no does that matter no yeah you gave yourself a new experience I gave myself a new experience and I got closer to some, to the goal of thriving. For me, that is being included. That is being in relationship with people. That is connecting. That is, for me, it's all about relationships. For you, it might be like right now, the goal might, the focus might be, okay, how do I quit smoking? Right? And so that might be the third thing I would say is that there, don't put yourself in a box. We all have, tend to live in this box. And lots of that is the environment we grew up in, the family we grew up in. There's this like, we're given the box of this is how you live. This is what you do. This is the no's and this is the yeses. And here's, here's your space that you occupy, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, when, and, it, and we get scared to go outside that. 10 years ago, I would have never, ever tried to climb a mountain in a power chair. What my mother, to, my mother to this day is still shocked that I did it. She's actually walked that trail and she's like, I don't understand how you did that. Again, it's mindset. You have to change the way you think about what is the goal? What is it I really want out of this life? And what am I willing to do? What am I willing to try to get there? 
That makes sense. Yeah. And I guess it would be missed opportunities if you weren't trying. Like your your example illustrates that perfectly. Yeah. I love it. I'm processing it. Yeah. My brain is going in like 12 different I know. I'm throwing a lot at you. I told you I'm intense and I love this. I... This conversation is so, especially right now, we're in a pandemic. I was about a month into lockdown. And when they were saying, go to the grocery store, like once every two weeks, get everything you need and then don't go out again. Right. So I, you know, it'd been a couple of weeks and I needed to go to the grocery store, go to the grocery store. And you're like standing on the dot six feet or two meters. I'm in Canada. We do feet (laughs) six feet behind on the dot behind the next person in line, right? And I look at him and he's, he, we're, we're masked and all of uh, all of that. Actually, yeah, yeah, we were masked and all of that. And I just looked at him and I said, hey, how's your day going? And he looked at me and I had like massive earrings on and, you know, I've got my lipstick and all of that. And he looked at me and he goes, do you know that we're in a pandemic? <laughs> You were supposed to be miserable, huh? I, apparently, I was supposed to, like, be miserable. Apparently, I was supposed to... And trust me, I get it. I've been in that place. I lived... If you knew me 10 years ago, you would not believe the transformation. And that's why, I, that's why I'm so passionate about what I do. And I'm so passionate about helping people because I know it works. Because 10 years ago, I had depression. I had anxiety. I was having panic attacks. All the time, I had suicidal ideations. Anytime I left my house, even in my house, but every time I left my house, every time I got in my car, I would look for opportunities to end my life. How could I drive off the road but make it look like an accident so that my family didn't have to know, that they didn't have to carry that with them? Like, I lived that for 10 years. I was in the darkest place. I would go to bed every night and be like, hey, God, if you could not let me wake up tomorrow, that would be fantastic. And I'd wake up the next morning and be like, shit, what do I do now? Mm. So what changed? What changed is I went and I saw a life coach. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I did not see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) That's the short answer for you. But really what it was, was I was, I was at work I was working as an educational assistant, working with kids with special needs, and we were in the staff room, and all of my colleagues were talking about the fantastic holiday they were going to go on for spring break. We get two weeks off here, and they were all talking about their Hawaii trip and their African safari, and I'm a girl who lives on disability. At that point, I was making a little bit more money, but like not a lot, and I don't have a spouse who you know makes it a bunch of money and whatever. I don't, there's no second income. It's all on me. And I wasn't able to do that. And so in that moment, I realized I'm going to have two weeks with nothing. Mm. I'm not going to get out of bed because at that point, the only reason I got out of bed was for work and to go to church on Sunday from Friday afternoon, three 30, when I got home from work to Sunday morning at 10 AM, when I went to church between that, I was in bed. I didn't eat. I didn't, I wasn't even really sleeping. I was watching TV on my, on my tablet. I was, you know, just laying there existing. And I realized in that moment, in that conversation with my colleagues that I was going to have two weeks of that and I was not going to survive it. I was not going to make it through. And I had to do something drastic. 
which ended up not that I knew I, at that point, this was, we're talking eight years ago, life coaching. It existed. It was Tony Robbins. It was, you know, but it wasn't so well, it wasn't as well known as it is now. And so what I did though, was I called up my girlfriend who was an old college roommate. She lives eight hours away, called her up, said, I know you just had a baby. I know you're really busy with your husband and your family and everything, but I need to come stay with you. You don't have to take care of me. You don't have to entertain me. I will like, you know, be out of the house and I'll go explore the town during the day and whatever. Like, I just need to get out of Fernie. I just need to get out of here and have something I have to do. And like, literally, this is like three days before spring break is happening. (laughs) This is Tuesday. I was at her house Friday night. I have to call out what you did there because it's something that I think that every, whether it's my audience or anybody else's, you raised your hand when you needed help. I think that's an important part of the story. 100%. Why we don't do that more often as people, I don't know. Because when we're not asking for help, well, we're not going to find it generally. And we also rob the other person of the opportunity to give. Yes. 100%. How many of us, how many of you guys listening, enjoy, feel purpose, feel accomplished in helping other people? Right. Love those opportunities, crave them, but we don't ask for help ourselves. And I think what I think is that in our Western culture, we have somehow equated needing help with weakness. Yes. That's the problem. And then what's, I mean, what's wrong with weakness anyway, right? Like until you build the strength, it's, it's building skills. You know, you, I keep going back to your mountain metaphor because Mm -hmm. people need to build endurance and strength, right? Like we're, we're not all born that way. If you ask, you know, the big professional athletes. It's practice. It's, it's whatever. But they probably started out weak. Weak isn't a bad thing, I don't think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I'm sorry. Continue with your story. No, I love it. No, <laughs> I don't even know. What was I sorry? No, I so think you're at me. your girlfriend's house. Right. You, oh, yeah. Have, so we, yeah, so Friday night, we get to her house. Sunday, we go to church and the pastor is talking about life coaches. And I've never heard anyone talk about a life coach before this. All I know is Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. That's that's what it is. And I can't afford to go get Tony Robbins to, to fix me and whatever, right? So I'm just doomed. Like I'm stuck in my circumstance. There's nothing I can bo- do about it. Poor me. What? Right? Like it is what it is. And so this guy starts talking about a life coach and he he's actually was talking about himself and his journey with talking to a life coach, right? And showing his vulnerability just because you love God and you're a pastor, life can suck. Like <laughs> shit can hit the van. Pardon yeah. my language. But right, like and and so he shared this. And so we get to and we don't say a word to each other. So the service ends, we leave and we get in the car. No words and we get in the car and she looks at me And I've known this girl my whole life and her younger sister, she's like a year and a half older than me. Her younger sister was my like childhood best friend. So she's known me forever. We lived across the street from each other. And she looks at me and she goes, you want a life coach, don't you? (laughs) 
Like I didn't say a word. And I, I said, yeah, I do. Like I said, like it just, it made so much sense. And that's the thing I love about it that I get to do with people now. I honestly, whether you have, I mean, let's be honest. I think we all have problems, right? I don't know a single soul who doesn't have a problem. And if they say they don't, then they're lying, which is a problem. So, <laughs> right. I think everybody should talk to a life coach, even for one session. I don't care what it is. I think everybody can benefit from it. And I'm not just saying that to plug myself, honestly, like it, there is such, such a perspective of like that getting out of your box. I went to my coach and who ended up being the same coach as the pastor that spoke about. Yeah. No, like it just, I don't know if you believe in God, but like God made like that whole thing made it happen. So anyways, yeah. So I spoke to that, that coach and my first thing to him, I just said, I've lost my joy. And I, I don't know if you can tell through the <laughs> podcast, through the sound of this, I'm kind of energetic. I bit. kind of really like life, right? I'm all about fun. I have blue hair and red lipstick. And like, I love, I've got, I don't even know how many pairs of earrings. And I just, I love adventure, right? I'm like, yeah, why not climb a mountain in a power chair? That sounds great. Like, right? Like I have a fun take, right? If my life, I could accomplish 20 things in a day. And if at the end of the day, if I haven't had some element of fun, I'm like, yeah, that day was not great. Like it just, it wasn't great, right? I need fun. So for me, right? I said to him, I need to experience, like I've lost my joy. And he said to me, okay, well, what are the things you enjoy? It sounds so simple. And yet it was so profound. And like, that is six hours of coaching I did with him over six weeks. That's the thing that sticks with me every day. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's your message. I think that's the whole thriving piece, right? Yeah. If we can, if we can figure that out. And people say to me all the time, you know, like, oh, you're having so much fun or you're doing the thing or the whatever. And I just, I don't want to say I take it for granted, but I believe that I'm entitled to have a good life and I yeah. can have fun. Especially like, I'm not locked in a casino anymore. Yeah. You know, voluntarily locked in a casino right. anymore. Right. I just got back. It's funny that you talked about the road trip. I just got back from five weeks of almost cross country train. Like right. I needed to do a lot of thinking and yep. all my classwork and visiting, right? Because all my yeah. trips were canceled. So it's exactly what I needed. Yeah. And people are like, you drove? Well, yeah. Yeah. In some instances, I went like past a place to get back to a place because that's the way it lined up to see my friends. Like that was the timing. That was the whatever. Yeah. And I was exactly where I was supposed to be exactly when I was supposed to be at. Yeah. And that's the way I live my life. And it's because I've figured out the stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. Why would I not want to? And I never, when I was a truck driver, I wouldn't drive by a casino without stopping. I mean, right. I just couldn't, I couldn't get past them. So yeah. the freedom that comes with that, yeah. I can really relate to that. So thank you for sharing your story with us. Absolutely. That actually, it leads me to my, I think I've already given you three, but I have one more. If okay. you'll indulge me. <laughs> yeah. My last piece of advice or whatever you want, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, that I implement in my own life and that I live by 
daily. And I think that for me, it is, I, I deal with a lot, I deal with chronic pain and it's really, really easy to get stuck in that pain. And that is my focus, right? It's really get, easy to get stuck in. Oh, I, I had another cigarette. Oh, I had another drink, right? Oh, I relapsed. For me, it's really easy to get stuck in. I'm in pain. Pity me. How am I supposed to accomplish anything? How am I going to be a productive human being when I can't even like take care of myself? When I can't even right make my own pain go away? How am I going to be a world changer? How am I going to coach other people? Right? And that's what I used to think. And it's a small thing, but I, I encourage everybody to do this. Take time. And it doesn't take a lot of time. This is a one-time thing. And then it's an, a daily thing that you look back on. Look at what you want your legacy to be. I'm going to get morbid for just a second here. <laughs> when you are dead and gone, what is it that you want people to say about you at your funeral? What is it you want people to say about you five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, 30 years down the road, after you're gone, what is it that you want to, the message that you want to represent your life, that when your name comes up, these are the things they say. And I think about this because my dad passed away when I was 19 of cancer. Mm -hmm. This past April was 15 years since he passed away. And I have the privilege, I live in the same community that I grew up in. And so I'm surrounded with the same people who knew him and remember him. And he still comes up in people's conversations because he made an impact because he knew what he wanted out of his life and what he wanted his life to represent. And so for me, I really took some hard time, not a lot of time, but I looked at what is it that I would want said at my funeral? Because I remember all the things that were said at his funeral. I remember the countless people who wanted to share about how he impacted their life. Wow. And those stories are still happening 15 years later. And so for me, it's what is that, right? And then once I've, you can write that down, write it on a vision board, you know, whatever, right? I have, you can't see because I'm on a podcast, but I have a bunch of words on my wall. My apartment is set up. I have words of inspiration and pictures of beauty and things that are important to me all over my wall. Because to me, that is what I'm a visual learner. And so then I see those things and it's a reminder for me of this is the life I want to live. This is what I want to be remembered for. So what actions am I going to take today to get me closer to that? Instead of looking at what I don't want, right? I don't want to be a smoker. I don't want to be in pain. If I, if I, all I'm going to do is look at my pain and that this is what I don't want. I'm actually just focusing on my pain. But if I'm going to look at what it is I do want, right? This is again, the the goal set. I technically don't like the term goal setting. That's just me, but it is, it's that vision of like, what do I want my life to represent? What's the legacy? Yeah. And if I have that, And then whatever it is for you, whether it is you put stickers on your wall with words, like I had a friend say to me that my house looked like a Christian bookstore because it was just (laughs) inspiration everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, when I start my day, I talk to God and I say, like, let me have opportunities 
to live out that legacy. Wow. Right. Whether you believe in God or you don't, but like to set that intention at the beginning of the day today, I want to make moves that are going to get me closer to that. And part of that. So for me, part of that is I dye my hair blue and I climb mountains in a power chair and people think that I have a fantastic life and I do, but they don't, and they're not seeing the pain and the struggle and the fact I went to the chiropractor today and tomorrow I'm going to go to the physiotherapy and all of these things. That's not where my attention is. And that's not to say that we shouldn't hide our vulnerability because I have those people that know those things, that know the pain, that know the struggle. Those are your relationships and they matter so much. I'm all about relationships, 100%. But at the end of the day, do I want to be remembered for the person who just suffered all the time? Right. Right. Or do I want to be remembered? Because obviously you see me in a power chair, you know that there's some struggle there. You know that there's something, right? There's a visual indication that my (laughs) life is not super easy, but I'm thriving anyway. I love that. I love that. Thank you for four nuggets. That's (laughs) awesome. We will make sure that we get your contact information in the show notes, but if you can tell people how to find you, that would be amazing. Awesome. I would love to hear from you guys. Please, please come say hi on my website is www.thrivelifecoaching.ca. That's thrivelifecoaching.ca. I'm so thankful to be here. Yeah, we'll definitely get a link in the show notes so that clink on in and come say hi. Awesome. So say farewell for now, Miss Veronica. I don't think this will be the last time we will be chatting now, but I hope an honor to meet you. You too. Thank you so much. What I tell you, kind of energy, right? Anyway, Veronica's info will be in the link if you would like to reach out to her, talk for a little more. She just loves people, and we love people who love people. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great day.